Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, the first technique I learned was a punch. What's going on, everybody? My name is Cameron Madani, also known as Karate Cam. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Punch podcast. Before getting into the show, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the first of two sponsors for today's episode. Since sports have started back up after COVID essentially taking its toll on the world, betting online for sports has become a huge market. Bet Online is one of the up and coming websites and forums for sports betting. Now, not only does Bet Online cover sports, but award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. So for all my binge watchers of any TV show, this is the place for you to get your skills and your knowledge out into some making some money. So head to the Bet Online website and sign up today where you can receive 50% off on a welcome bonus for your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Now, without waiting any longer, let's introduce today's guest. Cheryl Murphy is one of the most explosive and experienced individuals within the world of karate who still competes to this day. She's a 17-time national team member. She's won two bronze medals at the World Championships for team fighting, a bronze at the World Games, a silver and bronze at the World Combat Games, and is also a five-time Pan American champion. I almost ran out of breath talking about all those accolades. But enjoy our show today where we cover how her skills that she has learned throughout karate help her both on and off the mat. In addition, we also talk about her role within the community and how her projects now, both within Karate for Change and her book, help reflect a positive influence on people of all backgrounds. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 7 of Believe in the Punch podcast. I am your host, Karate Cam. Today's guest is a very... Okay, let's backtrack. I don't know how to introduce you with one word because Cheryl Murphy means like there's so many different levels to where like I know you not only as like a teammate. I mean, like that's first and foremost what a lot of people see, but also as a role model, mentor, training partner, someone that has coached me in the past. And like there's all these big, you know, big sis out of the the roles kind of span the whole spectrum. So thank you and welcome to the podcast. And thanks for being here. I really, really appreciate you uh, inviting me. And I mean, it goes the other way. I, I don't know what to actually call you. Do I call you my teammate? Do I call you my little brother? Do I call, like, what do I, what do I say? So, you know. It, it's, it's honestly gotten to that point where like, cause man, I'm trying to think about, I don't, when was the first time you came out for like our IMA camp, like our organization Ooh. camp? You remember that? Wow. Man. Yeah, I do actually. That was, <laughs> wow. You, now you're aging me. I don't even, I, I couldn't even uh, tell you. Maybe 2015. I think um, a couple of coaches were there. Uh, was David there? Like, I don't, yep. mm-hmm. was that my first one? Um, yeah. It was definitely a while ago. You're look, I think we're looking at like, yeah, eight to eight years. And, and like, right. that was the, still the stage where I was like, man, this is Murphy. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like a little, I was a little twerp, you know, and I took one of those punches to the chin and I was like, that's, I liked it. I need that in my life. You know, I need right. one of those. <laughs> right. you know? So no, I, I think our relationship spans quite a bit, but 
I mean, let's, let's jumping right into it. Like, I, I think something that I love to hear about, especially with high level athletes and high level individuals within the world of karate is how, or their how I got into it story, mm-hmm. you know, and you being from, from New York, I think it's a very different culture as far as what surrounds combat sports, let alone karate. So I, I want to ask you, how, how'd you get into the sport in the first place? My mother, my mom just put me into everything, to be honest. Uh, from the time I was three years old, I was dancing, I was in gymnastics, I was in piano, you name it, she put me in it. Um, single parent, female child, now, you know, being able to protect yourself, because I was a, what they called a latchkey kid. So I would come home by myself because my mother was still at work, whether it was after school or after after school or, you know, after some kind of um, activity, I would come home and I would have to I mean, you know, take the bus by myself and walk a couple of blocks to my house and, you know, go in. So um, I'm sure it was just being well-rounded and having that discipline, but also uh, making sure that I'm able to protect myself. How old were you when you started? I was six initially, and then I stopped for whatever reason. And then, um, and it was still with the same instructor. So still with my, my uh, sensei, her wild. Uh, I would, um, we were at the YMCA, I would be at the after school program there and the gymnastics program there. She put me into karate because it was there as well. Um, like I said, for whatever reason, I stopped, but I would always still see my instructor because his daughter was in gymnastics. So anytime after class, he'd be right there. When are you coming back? When are you coming back? And then um, my mom would still be, by the time she would come to pick me up at the YMCA, I was still waiting um, for her to to pick me up. So then I would be downstairs watching karate. She would find me there. And then she was like, she put me back in. So this is, you need to be in this. Right. It, yeah. it was really important. It was, again, it was a matter of making sure I kept busy. Um, but also the discipline of it. Um, you know, so it, it all kind of encompassed everything that she wanted me to do. Be well-rounded, um, have as many experiences as possible, keep me busy. Um, but then having that extra structure definitely helped. And then like, what made it stick for you? Like what did it, did it, did you just like fall in love with it immediately? Or was it something that you were just like your mom pushed you to do it? Um, like what, what, what made it stick in your life? It, it's almost as if how did it not stick in my life? Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's, I, I don't, I can't tell you like specifically, this is what happened that made me stay. It, it was matter. It was just a matter of it was staying. It, you know, there was there's no philosophy or anything behind it. It was just a matter of it staying. It became a part of my life. Um, it, it was actually definitely family oriented. Um, those were my sisters and brothers and cousins and uncles. And I mean, just before this um, episode, um, I was we had a black belt class and my actually my boyfriend calls it like the Seinfeld show because you know we're busy talking and laughing the entire time while a couple of us are doing kata in the background it's like it's pretty funny um we should actually record it and make it a show it's, it's hilarious but I get to be a student again I'm like you know me and and Sensei DJ and a lot of uh, people may know him uh, Dean Johnson he used to be on the team as well um like we go back and forth because we like since the kid like we would just go back and forth um we go back and forth all the time and then you know, the instructors that you know talking old school days and then somehow we're doing kata and then we're going back so it ends up being like this whole big thing so those are my uncles um my instructors like my dad like so 
I still speak to my, you know, my dojo brothers. Um, so it, that I would say was definitely more um, family oriented for me because we do like a whole bunch of, you know, different activities, um, car washes, uh, demonstrations, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it ended up just being um, a part of my life, especially when I started competing. Um, it was hard not to just, you know, have it be a part of it. Then I started working for my, you know, sensei, then I was teaching and then like, you know, it just, it's just how getting it, how could it not have? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it became, it became a, you, you saying the word family is like, I think the best way to describe it. Right. And everything that happens within a family. And, and it's, it's interesting to see that despite the fact that there are so many different people that have been on this podcast, that word has stood out between all the different, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's karate in California or all the way in New York, that idea yeah. or ideology of family stays within this sport um, or art martial art form throughout all of it. And that's, that's amazing. You talked about yeah. then going into competition. And I think that's like a huge thing of like what I relay, not only to my, it's like what I experienced, but also to the, when I coach kids is like, man, these people that you're training with for competition or within this, this spectrum of it's like a different level of pressure not only am i trying to learn a new mm -hmm. art form and test for my next belt but now i have you know the 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 pressure of performing well against everybody else and those people that you train with then yeah. you have a different relationship to or just a different relationship with because yeah. not only like okay let's backtrack here you've seen me pissed off you've seen me cry you've seen me happy as right so we're just right. talking about the relationship with that aspect and and how that translates within every single like family group that's oriented for competition. Yeah. They see you on the most vulnerable ends of the spectrum. Your worst that's what I'm and saying. Your best. Your worst and your and best. Yeah. having those people though is also extremely important in being able to navigate, right? right? Navigate throughout all of those things. Is there any, is there any Very memory or anything in particular that stands out for you? And it could be even two of them through two or three of them, but like, Anything that stands out in particular about that, like family-oriented background? Talking about experience within the karate setting, competition setting. Yeah, no, great. Uh, let's go. It's a lot of different. Yeah, it's a little bit different for me. Like my, for, for me, like the the family having that uh, family uh, feeling within my dojo, uh, I didn't, well, I knew I, like, in being in, in it and growing up in it, it was definitely a necessity, but didn't realize how much I needed it until I got older. I mean, my mother passed away, uh, it'll be 13 years in, in March. So um, when she passed, the, the need of it, the conscious thought of needing that definitely uh, was there. And we were in like a different place at the time. So um, I wasn't able to be as close with the entire family, with my instructor, yes. So, so the need of it is definitely there. Um, when it comes to like competition, I think the need of having that kind of support system is uh, essential in order to be successful. Um, and so it, it's, it, it happens both ways. To be successful in life, I feel like you need that that sense of support. Um, whatever family that may be, maybe it's karate family, maybe you have your own big family, and like it's, you know, but you definitely need that support in order to feel 
feel supported and feel needed, feel like you can, I like the word that you use, feel vulnerable and not judged. Um, uh, and in a place where you, you feel like you can fail and then you're able to then pick up from there, learn better, be better, do better, right? Um, and then it's the same thing when it comes to uh, being in a team environment as well. Um, you need, I feel that for me to uh, be supported in and have that lead to success is being in an environment where I feel like I can feel no judgment. Um, and so I think that's very important uh, in, in being successful. And that, that now success is definitely different for different people. Let's just make that clear, but just to be successful in whatever you- For sure, I, I, I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> On my own end, it's the same, same, same story, of course, it's just a little bit different setting, you know, but like, how did that, I guess, change for you? Cause like, I guess we backtrack. When, when did you start competing? I was about 12 or 13 years old. And I initially did my, okay. my sensei, it's so funny. My sensei and I were just talking about this. Sensei, myself, and a couple other people were just talking about this. But I didn't, I was not confident in myself or didn't know at the time. Like I, you know, I was like, no, I don't want to compete. So my instructor said, just go to this competition and watch. I promise you, you're going to be like, ah, dang, I wish I would have competed. But no pressure, come and watch. So me and my mother went. And of course, I'm thinking, ah, oh, I could have, yeah, I could have. And then my my uh, my sensei comes to me and says, uh, "How did you feel about that? You feel like you could have did it?" I was like, "Yeah." And then after that, it was pretty much a wrap. Like I was like, my first competition was against boys, and I won. I was like yellow belt or something, like yellow orange. I don't even know. But um, but yeah. So it from that point, I always competed. Yeah. It just never stopped after that. Not unless I tried <laughs> to retire, like. You know what I mean? Like anytime I tried to retire, it was like, I'm done. And then I just come back. So outside of that, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and I mean, I definitely want to highlight that because I think I, like me personally, I just want to know where your head was at within like, you know, like in, in the thought process, but like, let's, let's kind of track this as, you know, cause I want to see how Cheryl developed into, you know, the badass individual she is over the course of the time, you know, and like, I'm highlighting competition, but obviously there's so much more to you and your karate journey than just the competition. Yeah. But I think it's it's good it's a good point to start because there's so many different like outreaches from there, mm -hmm. you know. So like when when did you, I guess like competition you said was like then became a part of the process, but when was it like, oh I'm doing this, I'm gonna pursue this thing full time, I'm gonna make the U.S. team, we're gonna go win world titles, we're gonna right. make you know okay, like so when did it become definitely that? a little bit different. So I I came back from college. And I told my instructor, this was in 2000. I told, I think, uh, yeah, um, I'm lying. No, I'm not. 2000, sorry. <laughs> so I came back from college in 2000 and told my instructor I wanted to go to the Olympics. And karate wasn't like, I don't even think it was a thought at that time or not to the degree as it has been over the last few years. But I was like, I want to go to the Olympics. Um, and so he said, okay. And, and that's what I mean by support. Like, it was no question as to um, whether it was a crazy idea. Like, what do you mean? Like, none of that ever came up. He said, okay, um, you, I forget like what the terms were, but you know, he, you know, I just had to train. Like, you know what I mean? Like you need to train. I can only, uh, I think he was supporting um, DJ at the time. And I think DJ was starting to retire. So he was like, I can only support one, you know, after the time. Okay, DJ's retiring right now. Right now, okay, we, we, we can support um, you. 
So, <clears throat> and since and since then it was, I was training more often. I would help others. Like I, it was just it had becoming like a regular type of thing. I would you know um, cross train with other dojos as well. My sensei was very always been very open to that. And anytime I went out to a, a dojo, anytime I came back, I would uh, share what I learned with the students that I was teaching. Um, and that was also something that was taught to us to always give back. So, um, you know, so ever since then, it just became a regular every day. This is what I'm going to do. These are the things that I want to accomplish. Um, right on. Like what, what made it like, what ticked for you? What in the, made that idea come up in the first place? I, I wish, I wish I had a specific like aha moment there's no aha it was what I wanted to do and I came to my instructor and said that's what I wanted to do I can't even remember think like being nervous about coming to him with that I said this is what I want to do and he goes okay just that simple <laughs> and I mean and it, and, it, and it happens now like it'll it'll happen like when I um anytime I'm like I'm done uh because you know for whatever reason like it was time to just be done or you know, I was over and then I would come back. I'm like, Shian, I want to come back. He's like, all right. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no, well, let's talk about this and this kind of gets this into perspective or, and of course you'd have that discussion just as a overall, like, all right, if you did this, what, what is going to happen? Like, you know, you have this, you have to take care of, you have that, blah, blah, blah. And of course, like you're going to have that conversation, but it's, I don't remember it being like, you can't do this. Like, what are you crazy? Like, it's never, never been that. And that's what I feel, um, you know, is, is needed as a whole for crazy ideas. Now, again, that could be nurturing in anything. I want to fly. I want to build an airplane. I want, to, okay, well, all right, what do we got to do to get this done? Right. It needs to be those type of conversations. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the nurturing that needs to happen with, with dreams and ideas. Like, you know, what, what do we need to do? I want to make the sky purple. Okay, well, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't even know if that is even possible. Well, let's look this up and try to figure out well, how we can make the sky purple. <laughs> like that's the type of thing that I think that, you know, needs to be had in whatever you want to accomplish. So. I, I think that it's interesting to see where this form of thinking comes from because I noticed that within you, a it's there, like for like the fact that you say that you think that's important, you do do that, you know. And and, and within my personal experiences with you, I've noticed that for sure. So just to see that, like I've man, I've been there's been several times where I, I I can I can I'm seeing it in my head right now. But like I've looked at you, and I'm like I'm gonna go do this, and then you just kind of shrug your shoulders like I right, go right? do it then, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean. That's why not? You know, you know it, it's, I mean, it's definitely true. And don't get me wrong. There's definitely times, you know, I, I definitely have a confidence thing. Like, I'm not even going to, you know, lie about that. And it is pretty, you know, evident. So it, it, that's why it's even more important to have that type of support to where, you know, you're going through, you know, a, a time period where, you know, you're just not believing for whatever the reason is. But if you have people you're surrounded by that are believe in believe in you more than you believe in yourself so that carries you at times right and it doesn't always work but imagine if you didn't right so um 
I think, yeah, I just think that's very important. Like you wanna you wanna beat uh the world champion, go ahead and do it. Do it. Let's go. What you gotta do. What's yeah, what's wrong? What's wrong with wanting to do that? You know, or what's wrong with doing that in the yeah, Let's right? Do it. Uh, what, 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 all right. What, you need my help? What do you need? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Man, I'm gonna start throwing some off the wall things at you the next time I see you just on purpose. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know, like I think, it, and I think just, doesn't that just alleviate a lot? Doesn't that just, isn't that just a relief? Because you already have all of these questions. You already have it. You know what I mean? You already have like, oh my God, what if I, oh my God, da, 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 da. So you, I want to take over the world. Okay, Pinky, let's go do it. Like, <laughs> what do we need to do? I mean, it may be a, you know, a bit challenging. We may have to jump over a few hoops. You know what I mean? But let's get on this journey. Let's go. I I, I think what you just highlighted though, like it, it does alleviate a lot of like, and I, I'm going to use the word pressure, but just because pressure can mean so many different yeah. things, whether it's like those questions that are coming up in your own mind or whatever it is, like maybe it's an environmental factor. Right. Maybe it's just the fact of that confidence piece. It doesn't give you that option to even go right. there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, ah, okay, this, all right, let's figure it out. I got A, B, and C routes. Let's it's run the it. the reality you know? of it, right? Because you get caught in the minutia right. of things, right? And you get caught in, in the cloud of, again, whatever is in your mind. Um, and again, just having that support, just it, it, it alleviates it. And don't... It, not that it still won't be there, not that it won't affect, you know, certain um, obstacles, but it, it gets it gets you to at least try the obstacle, right? And then now you have no regret, right? So, and it may, and it may be where you don't get through that obstacle. Okay, well, that didn't work. Let's try something else. But to just have that type of support allows you to, to go, that obstacle looks like crazy, but why not try it? Let's go. Right, right. And I, I, yeah, and this, like, this, you, you saying this is like, I, it's cool because I, this is something I didn't exactly know about you, but it, it doesn't shock me at all. Like, it totally makes sense and it fits, it fits the, the equation perfectly, you know? So then, like, looking at that and looking at the mindset of things, can you, like, what, is there a highlight or anything that stands out within your competition career, I guess, to this point? You know, like, it's like, I, I'm still tracking that line right now of like how things have progressed over time, but is there anything that stands out in particular? And like, could you go over that with yeah. me? Yeah. And I was actually thinking about this and trying to see what stand out. Any time that I've had to overcome something, um, I feel that that's what stands out. Um, anytime like nationals, like it took me a few, a couple of years before I won nationals. Um, it took me a couple of years before I won an international medal. I mean, the first one was U.S. Open, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's international, but it's home. You know what I mean? Then when I would go to Pan Am's, like, it took a couple of years for me to win an individual medal. Like, you know what I mean? And then to go one step further, European, like, it took a, it took a while for me to get to that point. And then all of a sudden, things just started to become more um, consistent, right? Um but that being said, one um, was, oh man, I'm not sure if it was 2012. It was in Nicaragua, I remember that. And I, I use this story a lot because 
um, one of my teammates and, and the teammates are going to know exactly who I'm talking about, but uh, I, I won two gold medals, uh, individual and open, and my hand was like, my left hand was gone. Like it was gone. It's so much so that I went to the, it was in between it, um, my weight category and open. And I went to the uh, medic and was like, I just need you to fix it so I don't feel any pain. You just like, just fix it. <laughs> so, and she, they're like, well, what? Like, I just need you to fix it. I just don't want to feel any pain. I don't know what you need to do. I don't want to feel any pain. She said, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I have a whole, I have to, I have to keep fighting. And they're like, oh, wow. I was like, no, I have a whole nother division. Like I need to get through the division. And she's like, oh my God. Yes. Fix it. So then it was fixed. Maybe it was my right hand. I don't even remember now. But <clears throat> so then I won open. Then it was um um uh, team, right? So team, I won all my matches. So actually that tournament, I didn't lose not one match that tournament. But you know, I ended up getting silver for team because one of my teammates lost. But um, so I almost <laughs> so hopefully that teammate listens. Yes. Um, no, but, um, but it was, I mean, it was still a good tournament regardless. Like it, I think the team camaraderie was good. I think everything like just, it just worked right. Um, and I, I actually fought well, I felt like I fought well. Um, I had, you know, teammates cheering so when I won, you know, you know, my teammates were, you know, happy for me, all that kind of stuff. So that was definitely a good one. And then another one, um, in the final of the U S open, I was fighting against two current world champions and I won. So, um, what year was that? I don't remember. Um, that was, um, that was a, that was a good one too. Yeah. Just, just as a side note, I think, um, a lot of events turn into blurs just because we have so many of them and karate is a 12 month out of the year sport. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and just with, I mean, it's not, it's no different for me you know like i can't i'm like i have been to this tournament for seven years in a row i don't remember which one was the one where i did the backflip over the person's (laughs) right 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 right. yeah whatever stands out you know and i mean but another i mean and and i say this another good when i came back in in again 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 uh when i was maybe 38 and Pan Am champion is my first one. I got a bronze, and the one after that, I got a, a gold. So that's what I'm. It's it's the it's at 39. I'm going to be 40, right? So this is things that I've had to right things that I've had to overcome um, in order in order for me to fulfill um, my goal. So yeah, right. And, and and like I think those are the ones that just feel the best. You know, what I, like you know, like when you're looking because like whenever especially when it's if it's a big event for me personally i always look back and like look at the whole lead up to um that event you know what i'm saying you know like the the two ones of course that are like my two biggest that stand i mean but like it just happened to be that it worked out that way were world university and then pan american games Mm -hmm. you know last year i remember for world university i um (laughs) i I had to sell my car in order to go to the event in the first place. My parents were like, dude, we're, we, we've been helping you fund all of these K ones and everything. And if you want to go, like we're supportive, but we can't cover it, you know? And the only thing I could do was sell my car at that point to pay for the tournaments for the rest of that year. 
And I remember I was driving that car to the lot where I was like going to sell it. I was teared up because the song that was playing was saying whatever it right? takes. And I was just like, oh man, this is hitting me really hard. Right let now. me tell you, you, you were, that is perfect. I, I do that too. I'll go, well, what happened before the lead up, win or lose? And sometimes the struggle did drive me, but also sometimes the struggle, because I was struggling so much, definitely affected negatively, right? So but those, those types of things I think about in order to see what needs to happen to try to either avoid or pre- not necessarily avoid, you can't avoid everything, but try to prevent things from happening or try to eliminate, you know, to emulate what happened in order for there to be that same vibe going into a tournament. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, you, you hit that. Like, it's, it's so true. And then like using those events or like those moments is like experience for how to deal with other things yeah. that might come up. Cause like, it's never ever the same. Right. 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 Uh, but you know, no, no two Pan Ams or whatever right. are the same, but like, true. but it's still Pan yeah. Ams. Right. <laughs> and on the end of the day, but like using that track, right. Cause you, you mentioned like <clears throat> throughout all of your experience, like, and then the, the, the thoughts of like leaving and then coming back and all of those things, what have you noticed to change throughout the sport the most I, as a theme for this episode, I put the generational athlete. It's just because I think you, you, you've seen so many adaptations throughout not only the sport within, I think, your world, but then also as like the world mm-hmm. world, you know, and how it's changed. Like what, what have you noticed to be the biggest changes? Um, I would, the change that I really see is uh, the chest of it, but added with the, with the sport of it. So speed, agility. Um, so the thinking and adding the speed and agility to it has definitely um, uh, been different. That being said, it also starts even younger. So I'll see 12 year olds being able to do what 20 year olds were, were, you know, were able to do when I was coming up. Right. And I started actually later than most anyway. Um, so that's what I really, really see. It's, it's um, the speed, agility and chess. So you'll see a lot more 12, 10 matches um, with, um, what's going on right now. <clears throat> and then you'll see those who are actually veterans be able to control it so much that it ends up being a one zero match, right? Which makes the younger ones feel a little bit more frustrated. And the, the a veteran is actually like, yeah, I'm just going to win this one zero and then, you know, just mess with you the rest of the time. So, um, I just think that's, that's the biggest, uh, not the biggest, but what I noticed or what I have looked for um, is just that extra ch- um, extra chess match with the sport of it. And it's um, where they've added like everything. So it's more technical and not just a punch, not just the kicks. Like everybody can do punch, kick, takedown, movement, um, static. Like it's, it's just an incumbent of everything, but at such a high level, so. That's what I really see. Yeah, it's cool that you it's cool that you mentioned that because like yeah, athletes might have that one or two things that that they're really good at, but they can do every they can perform everything else nowadays, especially. Um, and uh, also side note, you said twelve ten match. My knees already got weak thinking about how tiring that would be. Um, (laughs) you know me, that's not right. But that's what you see. Like I, I think about it was IVF and and um. The minus 75 Iranian, not not uh, the tall one, the, the shorter one. 
one that um Stanislav fought against. What's his name? Ali. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh. uh, uh Ali Asghar. Yeah. Yep. Right. It was yep. like, oh, what the? But the thing is, they could do everything. Everything. You see, Stanislav, he can do. He can kick. He can punch. He can take down. He'll, you know, jug you a little bit. He'll play with you a little bit. Then he'll hit you up. Like it's just, it's all of it, not just one like specialty. Now you can say that these people have a specialty, but their specialty is like 190% and the rest of it is 150. Like, you know what I mean? So it's not where, you know, somebody's really good at punching and they can kind of kick, you know what I mean? And they can, no, Every, everything is across the board, but they're really good at, like, you know what I mean? This is what really stands out. Um, and they, and they do it effortlessly, you know? So that's right. what I'm seeing now. Right. How, how do you, how would you like go about training that slash, I guess, part two to that question would be how, like teaching that, how to be so well-rounded. Right. Well, in, in actually teaching that you, you, you have to start younger. Right. Um, and I and I say that meaning because I, I say that because for me I started older, in in not in competition necessarily, but I became on the team a little bit uh, later than most, right? So when I say start younger, it's just you have to build from that particular um, aspect of things of being able to. So I've gone into dojos and this is like in Europe. This is maybe a few years ago where you had white belts doing ashibari. Right. So it's not necessarily where they need to be a blue belt just learning how to do what would be considered a higher belt or a black belt level technique. There's no reason why you wouldn't that wouldn't be a white belt technique if you're teaching it, if that's what you said, that that's going to be the, the uh, curriculum. So I would say don't limit what you consider to be a high level technique. Um, to what you're teaching your students, if that's where you want to lead them into competition. So if they're a six-year-old white belt and you want to add curriculum where they're doing in Ashibari, well, then you have them do that. Like, you know, tap, you know, start off with tapping the leg and then doing a reverse punch. Maybe they're not going down yet, but they need to get used to tapping the leg and teaching them the basics from there as opposed to you see like seminars right now where they're actually breaking down how to do an ashibari, like technically, like making sure your one leg is um, you know, strong enough to carry and now you're working distance and now you're tapping the leg and then doing something else. So it just, if you teach it from a lower level, then it becomes part of whatever they do. Just like the reverse punch is second nature. Now they're tapping the leg and then taking out the leg will be second nature. So I just think that that would be uh, yeah, it, it's um, it's definitely interesting to see that the curriculum in general has. I, I think that's one thing that I've noticed change. You know, when when I was, I mean, I, I'm talking about like kid, kid, like you know, like nine, ten, eleven years old. Like what I was doing was much less than what you know, and then like and like, right. it's not even it's not even that that was that long ago necessarily, but like it was just a much different. Like I was good at body kicks and reverse punches, and that was about it. <laughs> to where now these youngins, right. man, they yeah, they throw hook kicks, take that, and like, is I'm just literally going off what you said. And no, and what's wrong with that? 
And that's and that's also that's mm. that, that's what's wrong with it. And I think the the old school going into the quote unquote new school, that's what's happening. That's what I said. Like now you have 10 year olds that were doing that are doing uh, techniques and actually having the the strategic thinking as well as a 20 year old 10, 15 years ago does. You know, and, and they have the mindset that's just so whimsical, kids are just so whimsical, they'll just do it. They won't go, I can't do that. You teach them, do right, a spin and help kick, right, okay, right. and they'll do it. You have somebody who's older, like, I don't know if I should be kicking. Like, you know, you just start, you have to kind of like, you know, have a therapy session in the middle, just do it. Did I tell you to do it or do it? But a 10 year old, you, you teach them as they're coming, do a spinning hook kick, do a spinning hook kick, and then they will just do it. Works and doesn't work. It's they just, you know, it's like, you know, you fall, you get up. Same thing with kids. You fall, just get up. Okay, I'll get up. An adult, you fall like, ah, I don't know if I want to walk on that particular place again because right. I may fall again. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, 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 there's so much baggage that um, that's what ends up happening. So I think that's, again, um, kind of tackling what has changed and how to um, adjust to the change. I mean, even taking that a step further, I think that, like, like those, those, the younger age groups, they don't have the hesitation built into their system yet. As far as like, okay, I know if I do too hard of a step in front of Cheryl, I'm going to get blasted in the chest, you know, like they don't, they don't do like, they don't have that built in so that they'll just throw something and lo and behold, it'll work. You know, that's, it's the craziest part. And it's, and it's utterly true. It, I mean, it's utterly true. Just doesn't have the hesitation, and it, and it's a, like, it, whomever you're in front of, it it shouldn't matter, right? It shouldn't matter. Like if you've trained in this, this, and this, and you know you train hard, it's been consistent and repetitive. It shouldn't matter who you get in front of. So kids will try all kinds of stuff if they get in front of IGF. They'll just try it and be like, oh, it didn't work, but oh, that one did. Let me you know. Let me do that one again, right? You have adults like, oh my God, I'm fucking, you know, I'm, I, yeah, if I do a spinning hook, you know, I'm be taken down. Okay, so you get taken down. Now what? Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. you know, that, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Exactly right. I think you hit that on the head, too. like, like for sure. Just, just seeing like how things are like, I mean, and now within the explosiveness of social media within like the fa past five to 10 years, you know, it's like, you can see it even more now. Like, but like circling yeah. back to like your career and everything that involved in that. So then, you know, we have these like A through Z highlights essentially of everything that has happened. What, what made you want to, like, I'm going to ask now, like what made you want to step away? And then after that happened, what made you want to come back? And then right after that, what made you want to step away? You know what I'm saying? Like what, what, I guess like where. The in and out of it. Right. So um, my, my initial goal from me coming to my instructor was to go to the Olympics and whatever that took between, you know, in between that, I was willing, you know, I had to do it. Pan Ams, North American Cup, like, you know, whatever, go to European championships, you know, uh, opens, whatever, you know, as often as I can. Um, then, you know, I started winning Pan Ams. Then I um, would do pretty well in the, um, in, in Europe, I, you know, I did pretty well. I wouldn't always medal, but like I would, I would win against like some of the highest um, leveled uh, competitors. Uh, and then 
um, I'm trying to think, there was a couple of tournaments that, that I did well at, well in as well. And was like, okay, but world was like the thing for me that I just could not, for whatever reason, that was my Achilles heel, right? I just couldn't. And it, it kept happening. Like it was worlds and, and I'm doing well, like the whole year I'm doing well. And all of a sudden like world. And it was like, are you freaking kidding me? And it would be everybody. Okay. And then we were like, Oh, and I'm like, I'm with you. Like, I don't know either. Like, so when it wasn't happening, I was like, all right, this is not working. Like I just, I, I had a good career. Let me just let it, let it be. And then I wanted, wanted to come back. I go, I, I, I said, let it be. And I was like, I let it be, but I didn't accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. So, okay, I took a break. I'm going to come back and accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. So I would do well in this and do, you know, okay in that and do well in this and do well in that. And then worlds will come and the same thing would happen. I went a couple of years and I'm like, oh, this is what a fucking bug. Like I cannot. Um, and then at one point I was really like done. Like I was, I'm good. I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm great. And then the, then the actual Olympics happened and I'm like, now this is the ultimate, right? So, and I'm like, oh, I'm older. Like it was whole, like a whole, I'm definitely older. Do I really want to do this? It is the Olympics. Why not? Right? That's my big obstacle. Bumping. I mean, what am I going to lose? Right? So I, um, I came back and that was, that was like the last time I, last time I came back was like, this is the Olympics. Let me try to do it. And then again, I did pretty, pretty well. Um, and we did well at a, I think in the midst of that, we, um, the women's team medaled again at a, at a world championship. Um, we fought well that year. Uh, so I came back and that was it. As, as easy as that, like, as quote unquote easy as that. <laughs> what, what like, I guess like through these different experiences leading up to that point and then like the comeback and, you know, like the challenges within that going within just like the comeback, the pull away, the, the idea of like all these competitions, it takes a toll for, for anyone, yeah. you know, even, even me being, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't consider myself the young side of the sport anymore, but it's more just like, as far as just like what's out there. Cause we do have all these 18, 19 year olds that are winning K ones world championships or anything like that, you know, right. but like it, it does take a toll and it does build up over time. Like, what did you notice you struggled with the most personally throughout all of those things, or even within competition? Um, um, you know, financial was definitely a, uh, a big part of it. I remember one tournament and I didn't do well at this tournament, but, uh, one tournament, I, <laughs> my car and I always had car issues. I don't know what it was. That was just my thing. I always had a car issue. So the day before I was leaving for this tournament, my car was like leaking oil or, or would, uh, I think it was leaking oil or was it the thermos? Some, I don't remember. It was bad. And I was trying, like I would travel to train. So I was like 30 miles out. I would have to travel 30 miles one way and then travel back. So my car was like breaking. I had to stop like every like 10, 15 minutes to get home. 
because I, and I had to fill something. It may have been the water. Like, what do we have to do to, to put the water in? Like the. Um, it was like coolant for the engine. Right, yeah, you know, it was something yeah, like there's, that. There's several different pieces. It, yep. was, it was bad. So I had to stop. And this is right before. And I'm like, oh, I got to get home. But like, how do I get to the airport? Like, it was like all these like different things. And I'm like, well, how am I going to? Shihan. Like, it was always, you know, I always had to go to my Shihan to help me out. But um, but after a while, you know, this is the thing. Like, you start to get older. If you're dependent upon others, and this may be an individual thing or just, you know, a getting older thing, that wears as well, right? Um, and I think coming in and out of it, of having to always need of others uh, became that definitely warned me. And I would definitely meet people like, no, Cheryl, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And then, and then the other end of it would have people say things, right? So um, that was definitely uh, always in the back of my head going back and forth of always having a need and ask for help financially, like whatever it was, it was always uh, going back and forth for me with that. Um, Competition-wise, again, like my my ultimate goal was to um, win a world championship, and actually, multitude. Um, I feel like that really like kind of shows where you are when you can do more than one. Um, and not that it's an easy feat either way, but I just feel like you win one, you want to win again, and you want to win again, you want to win again, right? So that was really what I uh, aimed for, and like I said, for whatever the reason was, and and. Not that I don't know why, but just finding a solution to why, um, it just didn't, you know, manifest itself to where it was like, all right, you know, I'm good. So, um, but at the same time, like I said, I want to be a world champion. Okay, what do we need to do to get it, right? So, and then I would come back and go, all right, this is just ridiculous, let's just do it. Yeah, no, no, and... and uh, I think that is one of the hard things with us being in this sport is the reliability factor that it does take, you know, like you, you talk about, you know, like going back to what we talked about earlier, as far as like having a support system, it almost becomes like relying to an extent on that support system. Me having it being a family affair, you know, it has a little bit of a different dynamic, but man, it's, it's, there's, Personally, I, I I hear that struggle in the sense of like I, I when I was in, like coming up in my undergrad, and um, my parents were like seriously helping financially and you know with like with both my school and with the trips. Uh, it got to the point where I was like, man, I, I'm I'm going, and this has been like eight nine months, and I've been losing almost every single one of these tournaments, and and it's been nothing but a you know a toll on not me at this point, you know, it's not just me as the yes. the one who's competing, but everybody who's you know investing in yes. me, and and yeah, it's I don't know if taking a sense of responsibility for those other people is the right way of saying it, but man, you're that's just like good, that's a good that's a good way of saying it, and that and that's what ends up happening, yeah. That's what it, it just takes its toll. It, it really takes its toll. You know? <laughs> and I've been doing it for years. And that's the whole thing. Like, I'm not, and it could be all of it, really. The fact that because I have been doing it for so many years and I've needed for so many years um, that it personally, you kind of look at yourself, you know, 
I'm 30 years old and I still need, like, you know, at 30, you know, most people, you know, have a career, they may have a family, you know, have kids, whatever it is, but I'm still, you know, traveling the world and trying to compete and still in need of, like, you know, um, and it's really want, like some on the outside, it's really want of, right? Because that's what you have to ask because this is what I want to do for them, though it's a need for you. Right. So, um, and then of course you have people who, you know, who will be helpful, but in the back of your mind, my mind, it's still, you know, the question of where you should be in your life or um, should you really be doing this? If you have to ask for these things, if you have to sacrifice all this, do you really need to be doing this? Um, then 35 came, then 36 came and then, you know, you're still asking, you know, it, and I don't, I have family, like, um, but my family is, is, is still extended, like, you know what I mean? Um, and so all of it just definitely takes a toll on top of your own kind of, again, you know, whatever you have to deal with as a, as an athlete, as a competitor. So yeah, it, it just was, it was a lot and having to deal with that and, let me just take a break and go and live my life, but I still haven't accomplished this. Let me try again. And, you know, so it ended up being a lot. And, and like to add, and, and to add to that point, like it, I call karate the superhero sport in the sense that um, by day a lot, and this is not the case for everybody, but like by day you're one thing, but then by night you're a karate athlete, you know? So it's never like it, and of course, it's not a complaint, but it's just where the things. That's where, where it this, is, right? You know, it's like it's like by day you're you're working. You know, you have you have you've had a legit job yeah. to try and finance your life that relies in 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 sucks out so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just talk about like a quick personal note, but like and then relate it to how for you it's even more than that. So like my personal struggles with like okay, as soon as I would get my feet under me between helping the family business and then, you know, getting my grades up in school, I'd have to ask for another seven to eight days off of school, get, you know, like leave, you know, whatever the result was during that period of time when results were not that good, leave, you know, yeah. have the emotional burden that was holding on to me, come back, beat up, banged up, bruised up. Okay. I have another event in three weeks. I'm failing, but all four of my classes that I'm in in college, we need help with the dojo and everything, you know, you're playing catch up throughout that period of time. Yep. Not only on top of that, do you have to prepare for the next event? Yep. You do that next event. And then it's like the snowball and, effect kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and, and you and I had that conversation a little bit where at the time, the job that I had, honestly, it, it, it really wasn't, uh, the best situation to be in and compete, right? So I'll, I'll just I'll just put it that way. It really wasn't, but I would make it work. That again, I had to depend on people. Guys, I'm gonna go to lunch, you know, like you know, and not that I shouldn't have gone to lunch, but I'm going to work out on my lunch, so I may be a little bit late. So I may, you know, now I'm depending on others to to kind of like hold everything together while I'm gone. Like so, and so if I'm at lunch and something happens, because I was I was the center director at the time. <clears throat> so I'm the boss. If something happens, I'm like still thinking about work, even though I should be really hundred percent on working out. Cause then I'm like, if something goes wrong, but no, stay focused, but no, what if they text me? Oh shoot. They text me. Should I answer that text? And now I'm running or now I'm lifting or I'm just, 
you know, it's, it's kind of going back and forth. At the same time, you're dependent upon these people. So then if they need something, then you have to kind of be like, I'm, I'm tired, man. Like, and then after, you know, you go to work out after work, like it, it just wasn't, um, that, that's what you have to go through, that constant mindset. But you had to hit the numbers. Like, you know, I went away, did well or didn't do well. You come back, uh, you didn't hit budget. What's the problem? Oh my God, like, I wasn't even here. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. But, like, I'm the boss, so it's your responsibility. Golly, like, <laughs> that if we if we didn't hit budget that month, not nah, you know, I didn't do well here, but I gotta go compete there, and you know, it just ends up being like a con. It's so it's so funny. Like this one story, real quick. Um, somehow I would have the same officer the uh, at a uh, customs stamp out my passport. I don't know how it happened. Had the same one. How'd you do? Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't meddle. Oh, that's oh, gosh. okay. <laughs> and I said, it was like, yeah, you know, I went to a competition and he was like, oh, I think I had you last time. I'm like, oh. like, I'm just like, I didn't do well this week. <laughs> He's like, oh, all right. Awkward. Like, it was just like, so now anytime I go, I'm like, please don't let me have the same dude. Like, please. Can't. <laughs> it's been a horrible freaking last six months. I can't. Like it was just like, what? and then when I do well, where is he? Anybody? Right, of course. Anybody asked me how you did this time? No, nobody asked about what you did. No questions. Oh, good job. Okay, thanks. Passport, passport stamps gone. Anytime I don't do well, how'd you do? Oh well. Yeah, it's always like that. And what I don't know why it'd be like that. <laughs> In real talk, you hit it on the head. Real talk. Nobody like, asked me today? Nobody? No <laughs> my medal today? Like what? No. Oh, all right. Well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. Oh my gosh. I I oh man. Like you you hit that perfectly on the head. <laughs> it's that's literally how it be you know, within, within that stuff, but like going off of that. And I want to ask this last question before I transition into like the amazing things that you are doing Mm -hmm. now. And like all these, you know, I I don't want to say little side projects, but like they, like the different pieces to your puzzle, put it that way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But like, cause that, that I think is a challenge that a lot of people, a lot of people in general face, you know, between like, whether it's family time, work life, social life, and all these things, like what did you or are you continuously doing personally to help navigate that, I guess, that struggle between that athlete life, personal life, social life, work, you know, like those different pieces, like, was there anything that you specifically did? Um, you have to lean on people. I mean, it's impossible uh, not to, unless you're just, you're good. You know what I mean? Like for the job that I had, it didn't matter. It didn't matter really which job you have to depend on people because if you're going to be going for that week, you have to trust the ones that are there. And um, in thinking like, I would always bring back something for whomever was covering or whatever, just as a, just as a thank you. Um, and, and always check in. Like I, I tried to as much as possible, as, as early as possible, look, I'm going to be going this specific time, blah, blah, blah. How do you feel about it? Is this okay? Is there a time that you need to take off? I will make sure I am here with whatever you need. So it's, a, it's, it's 
somewhat of a give and take, even though you know you're probably taking more, right? And, you know, and being selfish in that, at some point you have to accept that you are being selfish. Like it, it, it sucks to a degree, but at some point you do have to be selfish. Like I, one of my friends needed me for something and I had to tell her no, and I felt crap, crappy about it, but the alternative would be not karate for, for, that, for that particular time, right? Um, and then when other things did come up and I was free, I would just have to go. I'm like, I haven't been, like they said, we're going to do this. I have to go. And having the, the, the friends that I do have that are, are very supportive. Again, if I told them, you know, I wanted to take over the world, they'd be like, okay, Cheryl, I think that's a little crazy. Right. <laughs> go ahead and do it. Like, you know, it, it, it's just, it's just like that. So um, being honest with um, your support system, right? Being honest with your support system, making sure you have a, a, a true support system. So having people who are around you, like I said, that believe in you more than you believe in yourself at times. Um, having like-minded people, then also giving um, as much as you can uh, so that they see that you are grateful and thankful to them for it. So whether that's, again, whether that's a workplace, whether that's in relationships, um, whether that is in, you know, whatever extra that's outside of karate that you have to have, um, I think that's really, really important. Most definitely. I, I couldn't, I, I, I think this is its own theme of this talk in that having a support system and building a support system to achieve what you need to is yeah. extremely important. And, and I think in many cases undervalued, you know, and, and we could go off about that on its right, own. That's a whole nother. Yeah. Yeah. But changing gears a little bit, let me, I, I personally know what you're up to, but I don't think a lot of people that, you know, don't necessarily know the full, your full pie, you know, pieces of all, you know, all the pieces that you have that make up you, what are you up to now? Like, what do you do? What's, what's the, what's the move? Um, well, I'm, I'm back to work. <laughs> uh, the whole COVID thing, uh, definitely. Um, I was laid off in April and it, in, in one degree was one of the best things that could have happened because I was able to reconnect with a lot of the support systems that I haven't been able to really connect with because of just the, the go, the go, the go, the go, the go. Um, family I've been able to reconnect with um, and just realizing how, how important time is. And time has always been important to me. I feel because, well, in part, because my mom passed, you just don't know um, how short of time you have with people. Uh, so time has always been important to me, but since the pandemic, it's, it's like essential. Like it's absolutely essential. And so <clears throat> with that, uh, all the things that have happened because of COVID and the reality of what world we're really living in and, and not in some, you know, have their bubble and some kind of, you know, build their wall, but the actual reality of what's um, happening really presented itself in, um, uh, you know, presented itself in the world. So. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, after George Floyd, somehow the blinders came off from that. Um, and so the reality of, of how, you know, life is really, you know, became true. So after that, I really was 
like definitely taken back. And and people actually reached out to me because normally I don't post like politics, so I didn't. I do now. I don't not I don't care now, but I didn't necessarily post political things or like overt kind of how I feel about um, racism and the disparities of how people get you know uh, treated differently. Like I didn't outright do it, and then I just started like going in like we're like boom 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 and people start to reach out like show you okay um and so and this time I decided not to say I'm fine because normally I go through my little things and I you know I may say you know certain things here and there but then I'll like back off from it um and then people ask me you okay and I'm like yeah I'm good I just you know had a moment or whatever but this time I said no I'm not okay what's happening right now is ridiculous I'm offended I'm hurt and the, re- and the reality of who you would think, um, not even that, who your, the reality of the environment in which I am in, um, of people who are within that um, particular environment, uh, their true colors came out. And it was, again, an, an overt kind of thing and not a covert kind of thing that made it even more um, hurtful and uh, made me angry. Uh, so I was able to speak to a couple of my teammates who reached out uh, and a couple of outside people as well. And um, we were just kind of talking and trying to figure out what we can do. And then the USOPC had like a little, um, not webinar, but just, uh, I can't think of it. Uh, I'll say webinar, but they had the, um, the president, uh, somebody with the athlete commission and a couple other people just get together and kind of um, express how they're feeling about racism within the USOPC and being an athlete um, and everybody kind of just expressed their um, their experiences and I was like yes 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 and um, then actually me and Sakura kind of went offline and had a little conversation and stuff and then we were like all right let's you know try to figure out what we can do and then a lot of other people started to you know kind of reach out and kind of just kind of came together and that's how the first episode happened and then the second episode and then kind of built from there um, in just being able to really uh, um, bring light to a lot of things that uh, that again, this to me have just had have people have had blinders on, um, and so that's what Karate for Change is really about amplifying the voices of those who maybe just feel that they aren't being heard. I know for a very long time I was not heard, um, and this gave me an outlet in in just being able to express my experiences um which allowed others to actually reach out and say Cheryl I I know what you're talking about um and that just made me happy because when you don't feel like you're on your own and you're able to make people feel like they're not on their own um and it's okay to speak out about it it's okay to express yourself on it I think is uh absolutely great I I think that um I love the message behind what you're trying to do with Karate for Change. And I think that the platform in which you have several different people from all sorts of different backgrounds coming together and, and, and similar to like what we're doing now, talk, you know, that's like the core element of it all is like, it's just, we're, we're explaining and we're exploring each other's stories. And, and I, I, I love that about it. Um, with the little bits of and parts, pieces and 
bits and pieces. Wow. Words um, that I've been a part of it. No, I, 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 I think that it's great. And thank you for including me in those, in those things, as far as that goes, but what have you taken away like the most, like what's been, if there was like an aha moment or anything like that, that comes up when, since starting karate for change. Like I said, the, uh, um, I feel when you when you know people may feel a certain type of way, but it's 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 you know in in maybe in what they do, not necessarily in what they actually say. Um, it, you know, it's in a, a covert kind of way. You kind of can deal. You know, you deal with it. It's not something that you should have to, but it's like, all right, well, if I'm going to be in this space, I have to be able to deal with it because these, these are my. This is what I want to accomplish. But then when when you realize it is fact within the the people within that same space that they feel a certain type of way. That was my aha moment. Um, and I, I'm not going to say I was hurt by it. It's just, it's more audacity of it. <laughs> um, so that was definitely something that I was just like, wow, like, and then, and then we'll then flip to, you know, Cheryl, I think you're great, but you can't say that if you're saying all these other things that go against who I am. So I feel like that, um, that was the aha moment for me that though you, you know, you can have a feeling of how, you know, people feel, um, or, you know, act or react to certain things, but then when it becomes fact, it's a totally different reality. Um, and then having to maneuver in that space is something that um, I found uh, for me is difficult to do. Uh, and having, again, uh, with Karate for Change is definitely an outlet in, in being able to explore um, how, to, how to work through that. Like I've learned a lot just by listening to how pe other people have, have experienced the same thing and how they dealt with it, right? Um, so I go, oh, yeah, you know what? That's that's a good way. And then I, I may go and then learning about myself and accepting certain things. I go, yeah, I can't do that. That's not me. I can't. I'm with you. I got it, but I'm not doing that. Um, and being okay with that too, right? Just being okay with where your boundaries lie um, and what your boundaries are. So, I mean, just like as a final point to highlight here, like I think with 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 the topics is like heavy as they get you know i think understanding we might feel the same way about a certain topic but we might like uh it's okay to feel that we would respond differently just based off of who we are as individuals is okay yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. i mean it's like, okay to think that, that understand it's okay to have differences it's okay to think differently it's just in in in, in how you uh you act on it or express it, you know, and that's where I think that's where the 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 problem lies in is in how you how you express it and act upon it, and then when you do act that way, somebody else may react a certain way, and then now you're like, well, you know, that's wrong. Well, now I'm going to put my boundary and say no, 
and fine. And then we may just need to go out, you know, go our separate ways and that's okay. But having like in, in, but in that, if you have, if you have this open discussion and you're having a discussion on, you may feel this way, I may feel this way. And it's totally opposite. Well, okay. I understand where you're coming from. I can actually see why you think that way. I, I see it, but understand this is my reality. Right. Um, so in, in understanding that we can leave it on the table, agree to disagree, and then we're still good. Or there can be insulting words, and then that's where my boundary is. Or we can have a discussion to see where we can come and meet, you know, somewhere in the middle to then grow together. And that's and that's a different way of, of doing it. But again, with karate for change, offline people have come to me on both ways, where they'll just come at me. Or they'll be like, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I, but I understand where you're coming from. Or I never even thought about it that way. I see, I understand that. I'm going to have to think about it. So. Getting people to think is what it is, right? <laughs> like, you know, just putting, th- putting information and experiences out into the world for, for people to understand, yeah. you know, or like people to understand and like break down and see what, you know, what their responses are. Yeah. No, but I, I appreciate you being here, Cheryl, and, and explaining everything that goes into not only your life and, but, but the pieces that affect others, you know, and now seeing that and how you're influencing, I think very positively other people through your platforms and now Karate for Change and just who you are as a teacher and, you know, and, and, awesome individual. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. No, no. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and, 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 and taking some time and break it down everything. And then uh, I, this is a great episode. I'm sure people are going to love it. Oh, so thank I, you. let me tell you, I am uh, just totally grateful and honored to you and for you friendship, brotherly love, all of that. And that you're, you're utilizing of who you are to then just bring everybody together because that's what you do anyway you know you're, you're just that type of person that just brings everybody together so um i appreciate this and you including me on your your endeavor so thank you of course well that's uh, uh, greatness only follows greatness so that's about <laughs> that's what we're gonna end it on right there thank you and we'll we'll we'll, we'll have to reconnect soon oh, absolutely. thank you everybody for listening to episode seven of Believe in the Punch. I just wanna take a quick moment and thank our second sponsor for today's video, which is eBay. As the original marketplace for sneakers and sneakers sales, eBay is the best place to get, cop, grab, whatever you're looking for as far as awesome shoes go. Whether that's for training or just leisure wear, eBay is the best place to do it. The cool part about it too is that a team of experienced sneaker authenticators will verify each box logo, and dozens of stitching points, which makes sure that the shoes are always the best tip-top ones that you're looking for. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. I also wanted to take a quick second to say thank you so much for listening, guys. Everybody that listens to my podcast all the way through or just keeps tuning in every time I release one, I really appreciate your guys' support. Thank you so much. Thank you for downloading. Keep Please keep sharing and downloading these episodes. That's how we can keep track of how they're growing. And so far, we're just about to hit 1,000. So keep going, keep downloading. And I look forward to the next episode, which will be coming out. I'm sorry I've been a little MIA. Things in life just been getting up to me. But 
Eventually, we're going to start moving from every other week to every week. So stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned. We're going to get more episodes and more awesome interviews going. So thank you all so much for your support. Let's get to 1,000 downloads. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.